Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think that honor killings are fucking stupid. And I think that if anyone has anything to say about how honor killings have a place in the world today, or even historically, they can just fuck right off. According to the Britannica, an honor killing is most often the murder of a woman or girl by male family members, whereby the killers justify their actions by claiming that the victim has brought dishonor upon the family name or prestige. So honestly, this is something that baffles me to no end. Because imagine what kind of fucked up mental gymnastics you need in order to be like, Oh yes, it's much better to be known as the family where the dad or brother or uncle or cousin killed their own daughter and where everybody didn't just stand by but actively endorsed this murder than to be the family where maybe the person refused an arranged marriage or tried to divorce her husband or had an interfaith religion or get this, decided to just go out and make friends. No. It's much better to be known as the family where men are murderers because, you know, it's definitely not a fucked up view of what honour is. And when you think about honour killings, it's usually more about male family members killing female family members. But there are also honour killings where male family members kill non-family members such as the partners of their daughters or sisters. Honor killings can also be perpetrated by male family members onto other male family members and the most common case of this is when say your son comes out as gay and if you think that honor killings are a very archaic thing that doesn't happen today literally if you look at the news and if you just Google honor killings, one of the first cases that popped up was an honor killing that happened in Italy just like a week, a couple of weeks ago. And honor killings are still being reported on because it's such a massive problem in certain countries. And according to the United Nations, depending on which article or which sources you refer to, about 5,000 or so honor killings, an estimated number, happen globally every year. And it's just kind of crazy because if you think about it, 5,000 families decided that it was completely okay to do this kind of thing after putting so much effort into giving birth and raising a kid. And honor killings still happen in countries where it's technically illegal. And there have been honor killings reported in England, Sweden, Brazil, Ecuador, India, Israel, Italy, Jordan and much closer to home. I did a quick search and I found that Indonesia reported one of its first honor, quote-unquote honor killings, and this one is like an extra special brand of fucked up. Rosmini Binti Dawi was a 16-year-old student, and 16 is around the age where you first start to date. 
and it was during the COVID lockdown and she was sick so her cousin and I'm assuming distant cousin if not this gets a bit weird he visited and she was sick to begin with right but the family accused Usman her cousin of casting a black magic spell on her which is also a very scarily common thing in Indonesia but I think the assumption is that she was sick before he visited but I assume if you are a reasonably logical person you'll send your sick kid to a doctor but instead of doing that they sent her to a shaman like a bomo and then at the time Rosmini and I guess her secret boyfriend slash cousin they confessed to dating and the family instead of being like oh maybe you shouldn't date at 16 which I guess is somewhat a reasonable thing to say when someone is 16 and studying oh so instead of being like oh maybe you want to date someone who isn't your cousin or maybe you want to date when you're a bit older so the next part of what happens is a little bit vague I'm not sure how it happens but the cousin manages to run away, Usman manages to run away and I'm also assuming that they managed to capture Rosmini based on what happened next and for some reason with a lot of mental gymnastics they decide that to retain her honor she needs to marry a neighbor so they go to the neighbor and they're like hey do you want to marry my sister, my 16 year old sister who they are totally not okay with dating in general but totally okay with just jumping straight to marrying their neighbor and the neighbor is like no I don't really want to marry your sister and for some reason they take the neighbor into their house where Rosmini was and they killed her so they beat her up with a wooden lock and then they butchered her with a machete all, all while the rest of the family kind of just watched on and I assume the neighbor is also watching while she's getting murdered which is very strange because surely while you're doing this kind of murder of your family member you might want to minimize your witnesses to maybe just the family who in a fucked up way seem to not have interfered with this. Anyway, moral of the story is that honor killings are very fucked up and the reasons behind honor killings also generally quite fucked up and imagine all the stupid, unjustifiable things you could be killed for. Imagine being killed by your brothers for being a social media influencer. Hi, I'm Teddy and welcome to A Briefcase. Today, we're looking at the honour killing of Pakistan's first social media influencer, Kandil Baloch. Kandil was born Fauzia Azim on 1st March 1990 in Punjab and her childhood wasn't glamorous. It's not generally where you imagine a social media influencer would start from. Her parents were Anwar Bibi and Muhammad Azim and they were farmers. And like a lot of farmers in the rural areas of South Asia, she had a big family. She had six brothers and two sisters. Now, in 2008, when she was about 17, she got married to her mom's cousin. And when she talked about her marriage later on, she referred to it as a forced marriage. And if you go and look online, you can see a photo from the day of her wedding and Kandil does not look into it. She looks so over it, almost like she knew what was coming. 
So her marriage was really shitty and allegedly he beat her up, tortured her and later on when they were reviewing her body, she had cigarette burns on her arms that was speculated to have come from her husband. And from this abusive marriage, they had a child, a son. But after about a year or so, she couldn't take it anymore. And apparently, she even went to the police because she was so scared that he would kill her. But the police didn't respond to her cries for help. So in the end, she divorced him. But she couldn't take custody of her son because she had no money to take care of him. So after that, she moved to Karachi. And one reason is to get like as geographically far away as she could from her abusive husband. So we don't know if she worked any time before leaving her husband. But apparently her first job ever was as a bus hostess. So it's like an air stewardess or a train tea lady but for buses. But what we do know is that she was hardworking and she was always interested in studying, acting and singing. And in 2013, she auditions for Pakistani Idol and the video is still out there and she looks very young, she's very cute, she's wearing a green top and pink tights. And at this point of time, she's like 23. And I honestly can't tell, but I thought that she did reasonably well in the audition, but I have no musical talent or basis to judge this from. But apparently the judges were pretty critical, but again, this is like their job, they're supposed to judge. So anyway, after that, she gets a bit of a following and she knows how to market herself. So she starts working really hard on social media. She's posting pictures, videos, she gets really popular. And do you remember Dub Smash? People were using her audio for Dub Smash. And at one point, she was in the top 10 most searched people in Pakistan. By 2013, she was getting invited on Pakistani talk shows and she took part in season 4 of Desi Kurian, which is Pakistan's longest running reality game show. She also took a job as a digital manager at Neptune Web Solutions, so she was hustling very hard. So I think one thing she was really big on was living life on her own terms, which was not alright with a lot of the conservatives in Pakistan. And so on occasion, she would go and debate with religious scholars on her western and controversial acts. And this is why I would be like, oh, this really wouldn't be too shocking in a lot of the world and her lifestyle. So like she really knew how to milk social media. She knew how to create content and she knew how to build a following. She knew how to be controversial. Like one of the things she did, so you know how cricket is really popular in South Asia? She promised to do a strip dance for the cricketer Shahid Afridi if he won the 2020, so 2020's a tournament match against India and this was in March 2016. Pakistan didn't win but it still caused quite the kerfuffle and she even did a little trailer of a dance which got her a lot of hate and people were saying things like please shoot her whenever you can find her and you ugly bitch people like you should go and die which is a bit unwarranted you know and on 22nd march 2016 the same year her twitter account is suspended and at that point of time she had something like 400,000 followers which is like a massive following she also used her platform to comment on women's rights in pakistani society 
So literally up to the week before she was murdered, she released a music video called Ban, which made fun of all the stupid shit that women were banned from doing and the restrictions that were placed on women in Pakistan society. So all the while this was happening, she was very private with her home life. So her family life, nobody knew who her family was. And when people asked, allegedly, she would say that, oh, she was the daughter of a rich landowner. And she was making a hell lot of money for like the average Pakistan person. And my understanding based on how it's reported is that she became the sole breadwinner of her family. She was taking care of all the finances of her family and it isn't like they didn't know what she did. She was one of the most searched people in Pakistan of that time. She was in Pakistani reality TV. She was doing appearance on Pakistani talk shows. She was one of the most prominent figures in Pakistan's social media. And my understanding is that they were more than happy to take her money and they seemed more than happy to let her pay the rent, take care of food and medical expenses for her to basically take care of the family while they weren't involved in the social media side of it at all. And during one of her TV talk show appearances, she meets a religious cleric and his name was Mufti Abdul Kavi. And so during the show, they have a debate, as one usually does. And apparently in the show, he's like, okay, why don't we have a chat and a meeting about this to talk about it further? And later, this becomes a bit more of a controversial subject because Abdul Kavi said that Kandil was the one who initiated the meeting. But Kandil said that he was the one who invited her to his hotel room. Regardless of who invited who, they end up meeting in a hotel room and they took a bunch of selfies in the hotel room and apparently they just talked about religion during this time. But for some reason that I personally cannot understand, this caused a very big amount of drama because the f- in the photo she was sitting very close to him and apparently in one of the photos she wore his hat which apparently is a very big deal. But anyway, he ends up getting suspended from a religious organization and Kandil becomes even more popular because of this controversy. And for some reason, this meeting also creates a lot of trouble. Kandil ends up getting a lot of death threats, allegedly including death threats from the Mufti himself. And in June 2016, so the same year but after the meeting, she puts together a press conference and in this press conference, she says that she's getting death threats all around and that she needs police protection from the state. Around this time, she's also contemplating moving out of the country because it's starting to look like Pakistan isn't safe for her anymore. And somehow, for some reason, something happens. Something happens that doesn't seem very ethical in terms of news reporting. The Pakistan news ends up broadcasting pictures of her passport, her national ID, and they literally even show her hometown and her father's name, which is a a little bit fucked up. And so what do people do? They end up harassing her family as well. And so we fast forward a little bit to 15th June 2016. And at this point of time, Kandil was staying with her family in Multan. And we don't have too many details about how the murder happened. But what we do know is that she was allegedly drugged. And then somewhere between 11.15 and 11.30, one of her brothers 
held her mouth and nose shut and then killed her. Her body was found the next day and her brother was seen was arrested on the 16th of June 2016. His logic to this right, is that he apparently was receiving a lot of harassment because of who his sister was and instead of defending his sister, he decided to take matters into his own hands and apparently when talking to the lead investigator of the case, he said that his sister was making their lives very difficult and he had no other solution. This same sister that was like bankrolling the family. But to be clear, this wasn't a family thing. This was just like one fucked up brother because her dad, her parents were horrified by this murder. And my understanding of this is that none of the other family members knew that he was going to do this. So now here's an interesting fun fact about Pakistani law. I found this while researching this case. So if you commit a murder on a family member in the name of honor, if you if you do an honor killing, and you manage to find forgiveness, if the family of the person that you honor killed forgives you, which usually is your family as well because honor killings are usually done by family members, you can basically be legally pardoned. It's kind of stupid because by right, since December 2004, honor killings were punished by a prison term of 7 years or by the death penalty. But the reality is that most families will forgive the honor killer, the murderer basically, and my understanding of this logic, which could be wrong, is that, well, since the daughter is already dead, there is no point sending another member of the family to an unpleasant situation. So then a lot of people see this and they're like, oh, actually, it's alright if I want to do an honor killing too, because like my family's probably not going to send me to jail or to the death penalty, right? But in 2016, this particular law was repealed, so if it w it's found that the murder was an honor killing, quote unquote honor killing, it should be sentenced. But anyway, this wouldn't have applied at this point because in Kandil's case, the state, so the state of the country, was named as a complainant in her murder. So her family couldn't really forgive, quote unquote, forgive her brother, so they couldn't get this pardon. And in the first information report, at first it was thought that Abdul Kavi was an abettor, like he was involved in a murder, but apparently not. And in September 2019, Kandil's brother was sentenced to a life imprisonment for her murder. So very ironically, this particular quote-unquote honor killing was the thing that really brought a lot of what I would consider a lot of shame for the country on the global stage because it had a lot of global celebrities like Khloe Kardashian, Miley Cyrus, even the ex-British Prime Minister being like honor killings have no honor and should be referred to as acts of terror. Now globally, Kandil's brother's confession, it was taken at face value that it was an honor killing. But in Pakistan itself, it was a little bit more divided. So of course, the more controversial crowd thought that it was an honor killing. And another group thought that the honor killing was actually just a cover. It was just a way to dress up a murder for money. So maybe he thought that the world, that his country would be more forgiving for him doing an honor killing rather than committing murder for money, which is not very honorable at all. But the reality is that both are shitty things to do. 
One of the theories is that maybe because his sister was planning to move out of the country, he was worried that his sister would no longer support the family, which I can't see that happening. Or maybe he wanted a large lump sum at once. Alright, but basically the worry was that the sister would no longer be the family's personal ATM. But I really don't believe that Kandil would have stopped supporting her family even when she moved out of the country, and especially so if she became more successful internationally. But personally, when I look at it, I think it might have been a combination of both, where I think that he was being pressured by all the harassment, and he was weak and cowardly enough to give in to this, and maybe he also didn't want to ask his sister for money anymore. He just wanted to take the money because he wanted to be a big man. He didn't want to go to her and ask for allowance or for rent or anything like that. But very sadly, even though he was sentenced to prison, we don't have a happy ending. We don't have a satisfying ending. Just earlier last year, in February 2022, his lawyer confirmed that the Pakistani appeals court agreed to release him just after a couple of years. Okay, and so in Pakistan now, honor killings are supposed to be a life imprisonment thing. But apparently... A judge ruled that the crime was not an honor killing, which is ridiculous because he was talking about how this was an honor killing. So why is he suddenly allowed to go back seas on this when he was very vocally, very publicly talking about how this was an honor killing? And the thing is, while the court order has not yet been made public, his lawyer has confirmed this. But this is what we know to now, and it's very, very unfair. So the moral of the story is that honor killings are very stupid, just really very stupid and usually also very sexist. And I think one of the best books that talk about uncomfortable concepts like forced marriages and honor killings is Daughter of Shame by Jess Vinda Sangara, who also does a lot for this space. And I really recommend it. It's a very good read. I remember I was locked in for like two days. And thanks as always for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase. As always, remember you can drop me a message or tag me at A Briefcase Podcast on Instagram. And you can also find me online at abriefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for another briefcase.